0: big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lail Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles and we are so glad that you're
1: here. Hello and welcome to the Aware Parenting Parenting Podcast. I'm Lael Stone. And I'm Marion Rose. And today we are going to talk all about those behaviours that are pretty tricky as a parent. Hitting, biting, scratching, aggression, all those kind of um, behaviours that so many parents actually come to us with going how can I work with this with my child I so often I don't know about you Marion where they're like my child has never watched anything violent and we don't have any we don't have any things in the house that are aggressive and you know and I've only been ever so gentle and responding lovingly to my child and then you know they're trying to scratch my eyes out (laughs) and it can often be really distressing for a parent yes when you know they've had they've raised their child with so much gentleness And then to see this behaviour come out of the child. And the first thing I always say or reassure parents is this is okay and it's normal and it is part of a child, you know, developing but also figuring out a whole lot of things going on in their little body. So your child is not there's nothing wrong with them, you know, they are just expressing a need, but it's often expressed in a way that doesn't feel so good. So uh, the first thing I always like to say to parents is it's not, doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your child, we just need to look at what's going on for them and why they're doing it.
0: Yes, and I think there really isn't an understanding of the causes of these behaviours and when we do communicate the causes, so when we talk to parents and we help them understand, I've found so often, do you find it's like, oh my goodness, of course, that makes so much Mm -hmm. sense. And I really love to see that, you know, what we're telling ourselves and what we believe about the cause of our child's behavior also has a massive impact on our responses. Because if we are telling ourselves there's something wrong with them or there's something wrong with me or they are, you know, insert judgment here, we are liable to feel frustrated or powerless. And then we're going to tend to then respond in ways that actually exacerbate the situation. So when we have a really clear understanding of why children behave in these ways in the first place, then we can actually respond in ways that are really addressing the root cause of that behavior, which so many other parenting paradigms don't do. They're really more like, uh, you know, responding to the behavior rather than looking at what is the actual root cause here? Let's really understand children and exactly why they're doing this in the first place so we can actually help them so that they do that less and less and less and then perhaps even not not at all so we're going to talk at the end of the podcast yes. on prevention yes but we're going to talk about a whole lot of other things first and we're going to talk about why they do it we're going to talk about the the results of the more old-fashioned responses to mm-hmm. them what that actually does for a child and what it leads to and we're also going to then talk about how we can respond with an aware parenting perspective
1: Mm. So let's start then, Marion, with your beautiful model that you have around why children behave the way they do. <laughs> do you, you know, I love models. <laughs> let's <laughs> <start> <laughs> talk about, you know, when, when we have our beautiful little three-year-old Yes. And all of a sudden, you know, they're walking up to the baby and they're hitting the baby, or they're hitting us in the face, or, you know, they're scratching, or they're biting, or they're doing all these things. Tell us a bit about what is going on for the child. Yes. Yes.
0: So it's really understanding what I love to say is that a child's true nature is love. Our true nature is loving, compassionate. Um, connected cooperative—that's who we really are. So, really, if we come from that as a as a standpoint, and we so we ask ourselves: if our child is doing things that don't appear to be loving, all of those hitting, biting, throwing kinds of things, then we know that generally it means one of um, one of three things. Aletha talks about this so beautifully. This is her map: <laughs> the three things that we can always look for to understand a child's behavior. Number one is information giving them information so clearly giving them information is generally the way and this is what you're going to talk about the way that often parents will respond you know be gentle be gentle be gentle it hurts be gentle be gentle if we're giving them information and it's not working it tells us that isn't the need that's not the need because you're giving them information they're not stopping clearly that's not what's going on for them so then we can look at the second cause of challenging behaviors and that's unmet needs And this is so often with children and it's particularly around. The hitting, the biting, the throwing, it's often um, unmet needs for choice and autonomy. And then that leads to feelings of frustration and um, powerlessness. And we all know this as well, don't we, Lau? I mean, I know this for myself. If I'm learning something new on the computer, for example, I may feel frustrated. I don't know how to do it yet. And we think about a little three-year-old, how many things in the world they do not know how to do. They don't understand. They haven't got the capacity and the understanding that we do. So often it can be from unmet needs. But generally I would say for, uh, would you agree, in terms of more like the actual aggression, which we might, you know, we call the hitting and the biting, those things, is generally that third reason, which is they have these painful feelings inside of them, usually feelings of yes. fear, frustration, um, powerlessness, and those feelings have built up to such an extent that they are coming out in aggression. Yes. Now, I would love to add in my other map, my map of three, so I'm going to one more map, which is there are three ways that we can respond to feelings in a child. So any, any uncomfortable feelings that a child has, there are three ways, rather not that we can respond, that they can um, do with those feelings. So that they can either express them in healthy ways, which is through crying and through raging and through laughter. Uh, and that's what aware parenting is one of the key tenets. If they're not doing that, and if they're not getting to repress those, uh, express those feelings enough, then there are two other options, which is they either repress those feelings, which is so many of the things we see. We've done another podcast on repression Mechanisms, which is the, the thumb sucking, the nail biting, the um, nose picking, the hair twirling, the, suck, the, the dummy sucking or pacifier, the clutching onto a soft toy, all of those things. All of those things are ways of repressing feelings. And the other option is aggression. So aggression is when those feelings show up as hitting, biting, pushing, throwing, taking, shoving, all of that kind of behavior. So these are feelings that are not getting to come out through the crying and the raging. So they build up and they build up and they're either going to show up in the repression and or Aggression so it 's really seeing that these are really ways that our children are trying to handle really uncomfortable feelings in themselves, and we can relate too can 't we? I know in myself and i 'm sure most people listening here we 've had times either in our parenting or with our partners or whatever that we feel really frustrated, powerless, and maybe it shows up in in a you know in a maybe shouting or just feeling or trying to use power over And really, I think when we understand that we are so similar to children, we put ourselves in their position, we understand that they're not doing it for all of those old fashioned reasons. that All of those horrible, judgmental, unenjoyable things that were in those old fashioned paradigms that they're being naughty or bad or pushing, deliberately doing it to annoy us or pushing our buttons deliberately or misbehaving or all of that unenjoyable stuff that they're actually not enjoying it they are needing our help and they're actually feeling some really uncomfortable feelings that they they're really not enjoying doing that thing they yeah. may look like it in the moment mind it, for that one second it might look like they're enjoying whacking the other child over the head but they are not enjoying it any more than we enjoy it when we go into these places in ourselves and maybe use some power over or, or get loud it doesn't feel enjoyable mm. does it and maybe for one second it's kind of <laughs> relief
1: it's not mm. actually
0: what we really want to do and children do not want to do it either So. Yeah.
1: No. And I've also, I mean, I, I explain it often in my workshops as whenever we are seeing a child looking aggressive or yes. acting aggressive, it's a giant red flag. Yes. It's just a red flag that yes. says. I've reached capacity. I need help. And I think that's a huge turnaround for a lot of parents when they can take it, as you were saying, from they're not being bad or naughty, but they're saying, please help me. But they don't have the capacity to say, oh God, I'm really struggling here. Can you help me now? I find that hilarious because we as adults, we've had a lot more years in this planet and hopefully some more emotional regulation. We don't even go, I'm really struggling. Can you help me here? Like I mean, Marion and I often talk about sometimes technology just brings up rage in just trying to get to work. And I've often been known to be stamping my feet and (laughs) up at my computer when I can't get something to work. And you know, and I'm an adult who has quite an awareness about life, yet I still want to lash out because I'm frustrated, you know. So and the thing that I often like to explain to parents too, which I really I just when I look at little people, I think particularly with the hitting and the biting and the aggression, I often look at them like they are just got to the point where they are so wound up their body cannot help but do those things. So it's it's this visceral reaction in their body that just goes, Brah, here is my big feelings, you know, and I'm gonna chomp down on something because I'm so mad or I'm gonna push something or I'm going to and that they're trying to move it through their bodies. That's what I I come back to. And I think this is such a beautiful piece of aware parenting is that children want to be in balance. They want to be in balance. They want to feel connected. As you mentioned, it doesn't feel enjoyable for them. They are wanting to be connected to us. And I really look at children, they are always trying to find a way to come back into balance. So through play, through asking for connection, or through moving their bodies, sometimes in aggressive ways, to say, please help me discharge all this hurt and these feelings I have here so that I can feel better again again yes and and again putting it in the perspective of an adult yes you know when you feel all wound up and stressed i don't you know we used to have boxing gloves in our house where you could (laughs) box with each other (laughs) that feeling of being able to punch into something that someone was holding and using your body and having that feeling Move through your body felt so good. You can feel that, like, oh, and yes. that that grunting that you can do because it is a release. It helps you de stress. It moves, and that's obviously more of a healthy way to do yes. it. You know, with, with using your body physically. Yes. But again, little people often don't have the capacity to do that in a healthy way, or they're learning about that. You know, so yeah. Well, free- well, I, oh, I would even
0: say, Lal, I don't know about you, but I would say it's actually our job as parents if they if they've got to the point of these things. Mm-hmm. It's actually. uh, It usually means that they haven't had the opportunity to express them in healthy ways. So it's actually, and not, not to, you know, in my words, pick up emotional sticks and hit ourselves because we're all, you know, this is a whole new paradigm we're learning. But to really understand, they are doing those things probably because we've missed some of the opportunities to actually support them in having a big tantrum, having a big cry, so that they can release that rage and the frustration and powerlessness in ways that don't actually require hurting anyone. So they're getting to release the energy and rigorous rah, and vigorous sound and vigorous movement are actually releasing that fight or flight from their bodies in healthy ways as you say so it's I think really seeing claiming that responsibility of ours in not in in feeling guilty or judging ourselves but actually holding that it's actually our responsibility to to provide those opportunities and to actually prevent them hurting others as much as possible or if we haven't got there in time you know we will talk more about that but you know it's us it's it's our job to do that it's not their job until they get a bit older they can
1: do that 100%. for themselves great yeah. and and I think it's The more you journey with the word parenting and hopefully become even more and more attuned to um, your kids and being able to read their bodies and see what's going on, it's, Easy to identify when you can see that there's something brewing and being able to see, ah, right, my little one has got something going on. I yeah. i can, you know, head this off at the pass by yes. going and. Before, and, before and any hitting happens. Playing, yeah. and wrestling, holding a loving limit so they can express. And for yes. me, I, I used to see this all the time with my children whenever they had been at kindergarten or in the young years of of school, primary school, is the moment I pick them up, you know, I I could see in their little bodies, whoa, they've had a big day of holding. They're going to need some release somehow. Yes. So straight away my job would always be, all right, how do I help them come back into balance? And <laughs> running around the park crazy laughing giggling sometimes yeah. it was just coming home straight away wrestling on the bed so we could discharge some of that energy sometimes it never even got to that it was just the minute we got to the car there was just feelings were coming out because i clicked the seatbelt in wrong <laughs> and then so i'd goes, love
0: to would you like to say more about that because i think that's something again really misunderstood in parenting isn't it that children will suddenly have a big cry or a big tantrum over some tiny little thing and i think i see so often parents really confused about this and kind of scared and there are those memes that went that go around Facebook every now and again you know my child cried for an hour because I Gave them, you know they. I don't know, whatever you know, all these little things, and it's really not understood. These are amazing natural release mechanisms yeah. that our children are trying to use, so that they don't hit. They try and have a big cry over the seatbelt or the, the ice cream being a different flavor or dropping a little bit. Whatever, isn't it a wonderful thing? So, do you want to? I love that. Yeah, well, I, I you're
1: think you, you explained it so beautifully. It's just seeing that our children, and if we come back to this Understanding they're always trying to feel better, they're always trying to come back into balance. So, their motivation is always, I want to feel good. Yes. And when I've had a big day separated from you, when I felt really powerless, when someone's overpowered me with telling me what to do or controlling me, you know, whatever it looks like, I, I'm going to be holding on to those feelings and I want to. To, to release them in some way and again you know i think mean most this this is I'm, always makes me laugh i laugh when i think about this because yeah. we as adults struggle with this all the time yet we have these expectations yes. that children should be able to do it and, and i can explain you know what What's it like when you, if you went to work for the day and your boss was really mean to you and someone cut you off your car spot and yep. then your coffee was cold or whatever and you've had a day where you've had, just had all this stuff brewing inside you yes. and then you get home and you, you know, you've asked your partner to pick up milk on the way home and they've forgotten the milk and then yep. you just completely lose it because... Yeah. You forgot the milk, right? yes. and it's not about the milk. It's about all those things that went on that day that have probably been built up inside you. And you know, in an ideal world, we could come home and go, "Oh my goodness, I've had, had such a hard day." Yes, could you just listen to me for a minute and we talk about what was on our minds and our hearts and we let it all go and we have a big cry and, or we just just being heard makes us feel better and then we feel back in balance, right? But little people, that you know, they they just don't have the capacity to do that yet yet and so you know i think we often just have these high expectations that children should have an even greater emotional awareness than what we do as adults i think it's just crazy so i mean i really do come back to that that you know children are always telling us something and and my mantra is always look behind the behavior yes So it's, it's a really simple, beautiful thing to do. When we look behind the behavior, we see, ah, they're telling me something. So of course, when they're feeling good, then you can hear them singing and they're gentle and they, they touch the baby with tenderness and you ask them to pick up their shoes and they do, and you know, all those beautiful things. And you just think, oh, wow, look at this. They have an angel child. <laughs>
0: right? and that's then, their true nature, isn't it? I mean, that's who they really are underneath the painful feelings that accumulate and lead to other behaviors.
1: Yes, yes. And then when we're seeing those other behaviors, it really is just a red flag saying, yep. I'm having a hard time. And really, if, if they could use the words they wanted to at the time would be, could you please help me? Yes. Could you please help me? Discharge all this stuff, this powerlessness, these feelings inside my body, so I can feel good again. Yes. And you know, that's 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 what we see when we're seeing hitting or biting or any aggression at all. Yes. Then, and this can also be, you know, like we in this podcast, we're talking more about those aggressive behaviours, but it could also be when your child just doesn't listen, like it's totally zoning yep. out from you. You know, you've asked so many parents say, I asked them ten times and they don't hear me, and yep. I mean, there's sometimes some other reasons where kids don't choose to listen but yes you know, it's, it's anything where we're seeing the child isn't necessarily connected and present you know there's yes. something else happening in there yes. and what does my child need to help them feel more in balance and connected yes. with me
0: yeah and you know my forty isn't necessarily the physiology but i i do love to mention that if we think about it is that's the natural thing in terms of the fight or flight mechanism is either to go into fight to you know with hands or legs there's the all the adrenaline that's going in order to get those those you know either to run away or to fight to hit or to go into flight so to really see that these are also physiological things that are happening in their body that go along with the fear and the often the fear that they're not going to get their needs met or those kinds of things. So really helping us see see with such compassion that they are – they want I love how you talk about coming back to balance they want to be their true nature they want to be loving and compassionate and connected and cooperative it feels so enjoyable
1: mm. and
0: you know what I love about what you were talking about looking behind the behaviour is this is why it's so different from behaviourism isn't it which is what we've come from and I and I know that you were going to talk about the effects of those more old-fashioned things you know behaviourism which is really just looking at the behaviour let's fix the behaviour which is such a different approach so I wondered if you wanted to say more look
1: what, about that Parents have shared with me, you know, when they come talking about my child's eating or biting or they're behaving in ways, and often the recommendation in that behaviorism paradigm is to ignore the bad behavior and just praise the good. Yes, so catch them when they're doing good things and yeah. completely praise them a lot for doing yes. that, and then they'll like that better and then they won't do it. But you know, I often say, How's that working? <laughs> like, oh, it doesn't work, or giving the child, you know rewards when they're good for the day you know or giving them stars or or things that to say you were a good girl or you're a good boy but if we're looking at it from i guess the aware parenting perspective that just puts a band-aid on what's going on underneath it doesn't actually get to the root cause of what the problem is and in my experience what happens is that child it may work in in the short term yes of yes i'll be good because i'm going to get something out of it or if if you you know if the parent withdraws their love when the child is naughty, the hitting or biting or the way they see it, then the child learns, well, I need to be loved, so I might stop that behaviour. But it doesn't deal with what's sitting really underneath that pain or hurt or powerlessness, and that has to go somewhere. Yeah. So we can see it's uh, manifesting big disconnection. So the child can just move into, I'm just going to totally numb out from these yeah. feelings. Which and in some of our other podcasts, what we've talked about that can often be quite dangerous in the teenage years when those feelings bubble up again in a pretty big way and and there's a great need to numb them out so we often see a lot of moving towards drugs or Alcohol or addiction to internet or pornography or those kind of things, yeah. um, or it can come out at later times with with more aggressive behaviours as well. You know because it reaches boiling point, and you know a lot of mums you know I work with who who do that beautiful same thing, and, and this used to be me as well where you can feel it bubbling within you and you're calm and you're calm and you're calm and then you just blow. And you just lose it. So you go from zero to 100 in about three seconds after being calm and it's just all the rage is coming out right there and then. And, yep. and again, we look at that mirror. That's what will go on for children as well because we're not addressing what's sitting underneath, you know, what's sitting un- under that. So,
0: and I, and I love how you speak to that, Lael, which is really so many of our own... Th- pieces around when we move into power over, we move into big aggression as adults is because our own feelings were not heard as children. And it's never too late for us to do that parallel work with ourselves. Absolutely. I love that you mentioned that.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a big part of it, isn't it? Because I mean, and this really, when we look at where we're parenting, I always say, let's look at what's happening for the child, but let's look at what's happening for the parent. Because you yes. can't just look at one. You have to look no. at both. <laughs> sweet mirror. Yes. So, you know, one of the big things is when a child is hitting or biting and where is the parent sitting yes. in what goes on for them. So yeah. I always start with, you know, let's firstly understand why the child's doing it. Yep. Yeah nothing wrong with them they are just expressing something and we're just kind of missing what they're saying yes the second thing is what happens for you so that's a huge part isn't it of just what goes on for the parent yes so you know if it is and and look most of the time i find that what happens is parents will move into a a panic it triggers something within them in their own nervous system so they'll either yell or they want to move into punishing the child or they want to isolate the child. You know, it's just, it's these knee-jerk reactions, which again, there is no judgment around because we are responding usually from our own inner child part that feels terrified or hurt yes so i often joke you know if your three-year-old's raging and fighting and hitting you know is your three-year-old parenting them like are you is a two three-year-old having a having a conversation here often the way yes and we're
0: often seeing them aren't we as our find this if um if we had a sibling who perhaps who held us down and tickled us or we were um, you know we had harsh experiences at school with other children or we did have more authoritarian parenting our child in that moment becomes the sibling or the the person at school or the teacher we're seeing them through that lens and we become as you say the three-year-old so the responses we have yes. are there uh, and that's how we're trying to heal we're trying to have those expressions those feelings heard and healed but of course if we're directing it towards our our three-year-old it's not going to be goes so well for either of us
1: no not at all and i think that's a really big piece for parents to understand too is that when they become really reactive yes. it is about them yeah it, it, that it's is always a real, about that. us <laughs> our yeah.
0: feelings are always about us it's <laughs> never it's, about them. like it's <laughs> they're absolutely causing them they are ours, aren't they that's really yeah. That's quite a big thing to really get, isn't it? To really get they're not responsible for our feelings, they're not responsible for our needs. Actually, that is our job to take care of our feelings and go to another adult or someone where we can get to express those in healthy ways.
1: Yes, and and I, I talk about that in... In an ideal world when your child's having a really hard time, if you are calm and you're breathing deeply and slowly and you're making eye contact and you're holding that space, then yes, yes, amazing, doing a beautiful job. Yes. But in those moments when your child's having a hard time and you just start to feel your heart race and you start to get hot and you can feel your (laughs) clenching your teeth and (laughs) But you're about to blow and Elders then, rising. Yeah, anger comes out and it's about you yes and this is a really defining point too yes. where that's the moment where you go oh i'm being triggered i'm having some feelings here this is about me you know i need to take care of this part of me and, and sometimes it's not possible to take care of that part of you in that moment when yes. your throat is you know trying to bite the baby um, <laughs> so it's about, okay i need to put that to the side just for yes. the second but yeah. I'm going to come back to that part Yes. once everything is okay and calm and safe. What was going on for me in that moment? And that's where the work is. You know, we always talk about this, Marion, about doing yes. the work.
0: Yes, and we're both we're so, so passionate about it, aren't we? <laughs> we're like, so passionate.
1: It's like the magical answer to everything, isn't <laughs> <Yep>. it? <laughs> <The> <laughs> because if
0: our, if our little three-year-old has been heard and we've heard them or we've had someone else, and the more we understand listen Mm. compassion get to express those the less those feelings are going to show up when our child does do this so so important
1: And, and i think it's it's i really invite anyone listening to see if you can make connections around what happens for you when your child does act in these aggressive ways how it feels for you so when you know for some people or clients i've had when their child does bite or hit they go into so much panic straight away nice. and wanting to punish the child. And when we look at what that has been for them in their own story, their own story was they were punished a lot yep. when they were a child, they were smacked, they were isolated yep. and that's really painful for them. Yep. And as they're witnessing their own child doing that, it just brings up that story yep. and it, it makes them feel incredibly powerless. So in order to feel better or, or you know, the illusion of better I think is you know powering over their own child which is not what they want to do but it it, again it's we're operating from the wounded child a lot of the time we're coming from these spaces where we need to look at that work that needs to be done for us so that we can be the integrated adult for the child I mean that's the ideal isn't it that we are whole and and you know full so that we can um we can hold that space for our child yes
0: so what I also like to do when we're looking at if our own if our, if we have rage showing up in response to our child biting or hitting or throwing or pinching or whatever it is 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 to really look back to Alitha's Alitha lovely model of those three things is what are we telling ourselves about why they're doing it because that our feelings are, do come from what we're telling ourselves so we can remind ourselves like you're talking that it's a red flag. They need my help. They're not enjoying this. The second thing is our unmet needs. So if we have chronic unmet needs uh, for choice and autonomy, those feelings can really show up or, or that we, you know, we chronically feel this sense of powerlessness. When, when our child is doing something that's a power over, a hitty, a bitey, a throwy thing, that, though all those feelings around that can show up. So really attending to our own, our own needs for choice and autonomy can really help. And the third thing is as you were talking about so beautifully is our own childhood memories of powerlessness and fear and you know, times where we were treated in harsh ways. So really looking at really this is that's why we, we're so passionate about this, aren't we? That that for me parenting is one of the most amazing ways for us to to develop and grow and heal these beautiful <laughs> listen to these beautiful inner children that haven't been heard. And it's the most amazing journey, isn't it, to really embrace that rather than it's the old paradigm, isn't it? As if my child's hitting, I would be, the old paradigm would be judge them, judge myself. <laughs> the new paradigm is like, Oh, be compassionate with them. Be compassionate with our own responses and see, this is a part of an amazing journey that we're taking together. And we can be compassionate and, and respond in these ways as much as possible. Repair where we don't, you know, it becomes an, just a
1: beautiful thing to
0: engage mm-hmm. in.
1: And before we move on to what it could look like when your child does hit and bite, I just, I want to just offer to parents, if you're sitting there hearing this going, oh my God, that's me when my child hits or bites and what do I do? You know, I just really encourage you. Firstly, we always come back to compassion and gentleness for ourselves, but then it really is just that self-exploration of, you know, where exactly those models you're saying, where am I lacking choice and autonomy or where? Did I feel really powerless in my own childhood or what did that story look like for me? And just doing some writing about it, speaking to someone about it, feeling into it, giving that little child within you some love and understanding and compassion for what they didn't get. And that that is part of the healing journey. Yes. So that, you know, when we heal those parts of ourselves, then we have more spaciousness to turn up for our own children in that way. So, you know, I do get that a lot of times. People are like, okay, that makes sense to me, but what do I do now? Like, well, it's a, it's a gentle ongoing journey. And a lot of it is just about that awareness. It's the consciousness, isn't it, to just take note and go, oh, I'm being reactive here or something is going on for me and what do I need to do with that? So it's an ongoing journey. Yes. And I think, you
0: know, for me, I even find just just having a really clear sense in myself when my inner child is showing up and, and that changes everything. It's just go, oh, OK, hello, hello, little inner child. Hello, little three-year-old Marion. Yes. Even that to understand, because I think often, again, in our culture, there's not that understanding that we do have all these um younger parts of us, feelings from many years ago that bubble up all the time. And to really understand the psyche a little bit more can be really helpful too. Like, oh okay, this isn't actually about here and now. This isn't about my child uh you know, throwing the whatever it is, this actually the majority of my feelings actually from many years ago.
1: Yes. Really helps. Oh, so powerful isn't it? <laughs> so powerful. So wonderful husband sometimes. Yes. Oh, so, like, seven-year-old labels here at the moment. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, what's going on? I'm going, oh, wow. Well. Yeah. That time I didn't get picked for the dance concert oh. and I'm feeling like this. Yes. Just, it's beautiful to be gentle and tender yes. with it and a bit playful sometimes because then, it, you know, I, I can recognize it and, and allow it to move through me yes it's beautiful inner aware parenting isn't it it's doing the same
0: the most amazing journey that we get to do not only with our children but for our inner children that's
1: it that's it love it it. so let's talk about then yes um, what we yes okay because yeah. i th- I know this is what parents are like okay well tell yes. me how does it look yes if what do i do young, i'm just <laughs> biting the baby yes what do we do yes um and again i i, I want to reiterate this again so much deep compassion for yes. us all yes. because i have yelled many times i have done all those things that didn't feel good when i'm watching my kids do stuff like hitting yes. or biting or throwing when they were younger so yes. there is no judgment we are all doing that the best so much compassion so, for everyone so much compassion for the for the journey yeah. I, I so have many clients that when I tell them about all the things that I've messed <laughs> yeah. up they go, oh, that makes me feel so much better yes. oh, look yes. ago, it's but you know my my kids are all big now so that was a long time ago when I had toddlers but you yeah know, there wasn't phones there to film everything but man if you had it caught me in <laughs> some of those days yeah going oh good yeah yes <laughs> we all do it We're we all do
0: way. yeah i've done so many things and i think it's interesting as well to notice we'll all have probably have different things so my thing is is never been yelling i don't go to that when when i'm in the when i was particularly again with younger children but so we'll all have a tend to have particular ways that those you know our own powerlessness will show up in those kind of power over ways In that as you said that nervous system expression so that's a helpful thing to know as well you know some for some person might be yelling for some person it's you know it's threats for some down. person it's something
1: else yeah. um yeah. Yeah, dissociating. Yep. Yeah, all that.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, quick, oh, I need to go and eat some chocolate. I need to yeah. know whatever the thing is. Yeah,
1: well, I've got to clean the house again. <laughs> <laughs> Part of me. It's quite a handy, one a isn't it? Hard one. Really handy to have. <laughs> All right, so let's have a chat around what it would look like if your child is hitting or biting you or those kind of things. So, yep. Arianne, perhaps you can be the mama and I'm going to be like the little three-year-old. Okay. And, um, this is
0: where you need a video is best as well, isn't it? We might need to do a video one time.
1: But, you know, you know firstly, I mean, I guess what you would be seeing is yes. little three-year-old me would be starting to get pretty big in my energy. I'd be getting a bit wild up you could start to just feel it kind of brewing and then I am seeing that little baby sister of mine that everyone tells me it's so great that she's here but I don't know if I'm convinced that that is so great because she takes time and energy away from me yes I'm walking over to the baby and I am about to well I whack the baby right so what would you do as a mama so can we can we do it before and if i get there in
0: so i mean the ideal thing of course is that we want to get in there beforehand and this is the thing i love to borrow from patty whitford i love borrowing some things from her she's gorgeous work hand in hand parenting is is you know if if your child has done this once to the baby to really to expect that it may possibly happen again is really normal and natural particularly for a sibling with a new baby to have a massive big feeling so it's really wherever we can to to step in as soon as possible and be you know <laughs> be aware particularly if the energy is building anyway the the sooner that we can get in so you know when you were talking about the energy building the ideal thing would be to get even earlier wouldn't it to get in earlier but the thing is if we can possibly if we see the the toy in the hand it's, it's being raised up and we are there the most wonderful thing we can do is if possible is to actually do the minimum possible to stop the behavior so that might be gently you know just moving in but quickly promptly moving in and getting hold you know actually mm. in the hand yes. getting whatever the you know <laughs> so the object mm-hmm. actually prevent that from happening I and mean, we're not taking it out of their hand we're not moving into power over but we're we're actually meeting so we're meeting that energy with a, a stop and the words I usually like to say, and you know me, I'm very particular on words. I love words. Uh, something like, I'm not willing for you to do that, sweetheart. Mm. So we're, we're, we're doing the minimum possible to stop the hitting. And when we're, we're um, responding with words, we may need to, it may need to be a stop. <laughs> that might be that if it's really, you know, something right just about to happen. Or if you haven't got a bit more time, I'm not willing for you to do that, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. So that is the limit. It's, it's mm-hmm. actually stopping the behavior. But what I love to say is that we're saying no to behavior, but yes to the underlying feelings. And This yes. is why I talk about loving limits, because this is not harsh limits and this is not no limits. This is loving limits, which is no to the behavior, but an absolute big loving yes to the underlying feelings. So I like to then say something afterwards, which is the limits first and the empathy and something like, and I'm right here and I'm listening. So we're really communicating all those beautiful things that you were talking about is is that loving presence. If we are in this center place, this is the ideal. Mm. <laughs> so it's, I'm not winning for you to do that. So we are doing them an impossible. Mm. And then uh, the empathy. Now, the next thing is to really know that they are, it's, we are not expecting them to go, oh okay <laughs> oh, so let me be the child verbal, for or, you know they might be not even being able to say those words and just go oh look at us and smile and put the toy down and be be loving because of course we're remembering all those things that we were talking about this is caused by painful feelings so if we say no to the behavior and not uh, when we're stopping that behavior that hitting or the pinching or whatever it is we know that those feelings are actually going to bubble out. So what we're wanting is for the feelings to come out in healthy ways. We're wanting them to come out in the crying, in the tantrum, while still keeping everyone safe. So we may need to say 20 times, and they might still be trying to throw the thing or do the hitting. I'm yes. not willing for you to do that, sweetheart. And I'm right here and I'm listening. Mm. That is when we need, as you were talking about that, beautiful, as much as possible, our own calm nervous system to be, mm. and our own internal dialogue. I, have, I used to have a little mantra, which is something like, they're not doing this on purpose. They're not enjoying it. They need my help. So whatever your own mantra is to remember, they this is exactly what they need to do. They need to let the underlying feelings out so that they are not going to, move into the hitting or biting this is this is how it works yes so they may then start moving into no i don't want to hit the baby no
1: you're i hate
0: you you're so you're not fair this is not fair leave me alone all of those things and we can just keep meeting it with i'm not willing for you to hit hit the baby sweetheart and i'm right here and i'm listening i see that you're upset i love you sweetheart no i'm not not willing for you to do that my darling and i'm right here i know i know it's really hard and and to really meet them in those feelings and actually this can be a huge shift kind of to really get to celebrate this is them, particularly with a, a child who's got a new sibling all the feelings of of you know loss and jealousy and grief and and confusion, it's just so normal and natural. And for any child, you know, we, they have big feelings, really normal and natural for them to have big feelings so that we get to that point of celebrating that. So that's kind of the ideal scenario. <laughs> it's not always going to happen like that.
1: <laughs> and I, I just, I really love, you know, that, I mean, all of, I love what you're saying is just, it's so beautiful to witness that. And I think we don't ever really see that. So that's why it's very hard for people yes. for parents, to imagine it and see it. Yeah. Yep. So hearing those words, I often find, you know, just, yeah, you're right. You sometimes have to say it quite a few times. I'm not willing to hit and they're going to keep trying to hit. Yes. And so yes. I would often find a pillow or a cushion or something to keep myself safe, yes. keep them safe, yes. but to block those feelings, block the arms, and legs yes. coming at you. Yes. And I also really want to offer to, um, you know, I think about sometimes when kids are right in the middle of those huge, huge feelings, to move their bodies with hitting actions, kicking, stuff like that, is actually helping to dissipate the yes. energy. Yes, it's part, of the, it's part of the fight or flight, isn't it, it is to totally actually be it. fighting. Ah! Yes. And so to hold a space in a way that's safe where you're not going to get hurt yes. as a parent yes. and the child's not going to get hurt, but to facilitate them to move that yes. is going to allow, as you say, the whole nervous system to settle. Yes. They move through usually that rage and anger. Then they'll move off into those big, beautiful sobs, which yes. is that gorgeous healing part and then they usually end up somewhere on your lap and then they just look (laughs) at you and go What's for dinner you
0: know and, and then they move on right and, it's all and they may even look at the baby and, go, and kind of stroke them or you know that's the, yes. because they've returned to that true love yes. isn't it the feelings that were sitting yes. on the surface which were causing yes. the behavior have been released so that they can be the true yes. loving present calm.
1: and i think it's important to specify exactly as you said in the world's words when you said i'm not willing to let you hit the baby we're not saying it's not okay to hit we're not yes. saying you're bad for hitting you're bad yes. for kicking because i think again to understand their body is doing this for Voluntarily, involuntarily, the body's like, here's all the rage, here it comes, and moving this through my body. Yes. And I found particularly when my kids were little, the more space I gave them to offload those big feelings, the more preventative stuff we do, which we'll talk about in a minute, yes. the less they would move into being yeah. aggressive at yep. all. Yep. And and, you know it's that again that old paradigm is if you know we let kids hit and get away with bad behavior or tantrums they're going to be spoilt and they're going to do it more and it's actually the opposite when we look at it in a whole different way yes. it's actually something else yeah. so it really i guess again is understanding that when we keep holding that space for them to offload these feelings they actually become more gentle yes. more um more connected you yes. know all those kind of things it's a very different way of looking at it yeah, because that- if we were and again if we use that behaviorism paradigm if a child is hitting or doing something like that and we we straight away go into you know that's not okay and you can't do that and we we isolate them we put them in their room or we punish them in some way it's not helping all it's doing is creating more disconnection between the child and the parent it's not teaching them about how they can move this energy it 's not it 's just creating you know more disconnection and pushing the feelings further in
0: yeah, and I know that we both have clients who come as adults, and how many people do do we know and talking to the listeners as well who you who do not know how to express um, mm. frustration and outrage in healthy ways who who yes. or who, who go i don 't ever feel those feelings you know that we often learnt if if we had those big feelings that we were sent to our room or we were told to be nice or punished that that we believe that part of us is unlovable so it's really knowing that what we're doing is we're we're not we're not going oh yes just you know do whatever you want hit and you know all of that stuff but we're helping them know that all their feelings are welcome they are intrinsically lovable and that they are loved however they feel Mm -hmm. and what this does of course is what we're doing when we you were talking earlier on about how many of us find this hard is actually they get to internalize this for themselves mm. so they get to start to learn to set those loving limits internally so that they don't lash out and that they actually listen or you know they're much more likely to express their feelings through the healthy ways without needing to hurt anyone and yes. you know actually I was going to say can I say a couple more things about the language because you know that's my passion yes. <laughs> um, I think actually also even saying things like. to help ourselves stay in that calm space can be things like I'm here to help keep, to keep everyone safe. That's actually, I I learned that from a client that was brilliant. (laughs) I'm here to keep everyone safe. Things that we can also be saying, we're saying to our child, but we're saying to ourselves to remind ourselves of these things. (laughs) I love you. I, um, you know, we're saying these kinds of words to help us move into this new paradigm Mm -hmm. while they're doing these behaviors. And I'd love to say a few more things about, um, you know, if we do say it's not okay to what our child is hearing that, that it's a judgment basically. So they'll learn to feel shame around that Mm. rather than we are here to help them be safe, to stop the behavior, but listen to the feelings. And another Mm. thing I don't recommend is saying um, we don't, we don't hit in our family. Mm. If they've already hit, does that mean they don't belong in this family Mm. it's really confusing and Mm. the other thing that's really not helpful is be gentle because Mm. again we're looking at that it's a totally different part of the brain they cannot just choose to be gentle Mm. Um, and we're not again addressing these actual real uh, the physiology and the feelings that are that are real feelings in their
1: bodies which also you know is that part too when a child does do something that is aggressive or hurting another person, yes, and trying to get the child to apologize, say sorry for what you've done, all those kind yep. of things, and if it's still in the middle of all that rage, and- yeah all those feelings, that, that even if they apologize, there's nothing genuine about it. They're doing that often too because they have to. And, yeah. and often it's only after all the big feelings have come out, yes. those beautiful tears, the child's come back into balance, their eyes are bright again, only then would I ever talk about what happened if they need to be talked about you know and it may be oh sweetheart you know that that must have been really hard before and and you know i think your brother got hurt is there anything you would like to do to repair so that's